Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I'm Shang Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. You can also find my work at NBC Sharks and on Twitter at Shang underscore Peng. And I'm Keegan McNally. You can find me on Twitter at Halfwell underscore Hockey at my website, half-wallhockey.com or at San Jose Hockey Now. I'm getting better at saying that all at one time. <laughs> we have a special guest today. We have a Luke Cunnan. Luke Cunnan joins us. Luke talks about getting that news when he was 12 that he had type 1 diabetes and how it changed his life when there was an NHLer who also had type 1 diabetes call him when he was 12 and tell him, hey, you could play through this. And obviously, Luke has played through this. Uh, Luke talks about he has a new, uh, it's called the Luke Cunning T1D Fun Merchandise Collection. It's a apparel line, cap sweaters, all of uh, 50% of the money goes toward uh, the his foundation for his uh, type 1 diabetes foundation, something that Luke is very passionate about, so he talks about that. Uh, also, too, uh, we talk about uh, how much of the criticism that he listens to when he isn't scoring, because, of course, if you guys remember, uh, Luke wasn't scoring early in the season. Of course, he picked it up uh, right before his injury. And we talk about the fate of the Sharks' win song, Ski Yee. The phone interview, you guys should check it out at the end of the end of the episode. Um, we have a couple of topics to talk about this week. I'm going to just touch on them briefly and we'll get into each one, but sharks are good is the first one. <laughs> That's our first topic. Sharks are good. Second topic. Sharks are gonna... good? <laughs> good? Question mark? Exclamation point. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ferraro trade talk. It's going to be just like a little bit of a teaser about that. We might have a longer episode on that in the future. Um, and then a little bit about the World Junior Championship um, 2024 preliminary rosters that got released involving many of Sharks prospects. And not um, involving a few of them. <laughs> and not involving one or two or probably two that should be on the roster. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. But uh, before we get into all that, I am wearing a Sharks jersey this week. Um, Sharks are good and I'm happy. It was, I, I, yeah. I think, I think um, watching those two games have made me happier than I don't I don't know like it's been a while since watching a Sharks game has made me though that happy and they were great Who, who's on this who, who's who's on a jersey is that is that uh, anybody oh no it's just an empty one oh, okay. it's just a blank one you know that one actually looks looks good blank I'm not sure why I'm not sure why I, yeah. I think that some, some of them don't look good blank but that one actually does for some reason but yeah it yeah. was on sale um yeah. I don't remember when maybe a year ago and it was okay. like really cheap and I was like you know what screw it I'll buy it yeah. <laughs> like it was well, 40 bucks <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe maybe fifty. It looks know. good. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. Uh, I still tight, think. But... Yeah, I still think the reverse retro. They still should have gone with the gray heritage version. I, I that was just mm. such such a slam dunk to go with the gray old school jersey. Um, yeah, same logo. Instead, they went with the, the Nike swoosh thing the first year that no one you know mm -hmm. no one likes. But anyway, yeah. though. Um, so uh, yeah, the lot the last couple of games. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I'm back in San Francisco, so I will not be at the Vegas game. Hopefully, I don't miss anything uh, amazing in the Vegas game. <laughs> <laughs> I was there at Detroit and I was there uh, uh, at Long Island to watch um that's just uh, who who would have thought with the Sharks team that that you'd be saying well, don't count these guys out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't really make any sense. So even watching the game while it happened, we're we're down 4 to 1 with the Islanders and you're just right. like, "Nah, it's over." You're you're I'm like watching it in the corner of my eye just, "Yeah, this is it's over." And like all of a sudden it's like a little bit it's like a, it's like snowballing down the hill and you're like this is not the same team that it was well, three weeks I, ago i will say uh, uh that um I, I learned my lesson the game before because uh, uh th that was the mm -hmm. rangers game and they were down yep. six to three with about seven minutes to go and i literally stopped watching the ice 
I was finishing my story. I was thinking about what uh, questions uh, questions I, I was going to ask mm-hmm. um, about all the defensive breakdowns and, and, and that sort of thing, right? which I still ask anyway. But uh, but I was gonna I was I was a bit more focused on that, right? And I and then I look up and it's six to four, and then I look up again and it's six to five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that oh that 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 was interesting because we haven't seen that's the first time this year i think the sharks have had any kind of comeback like down down a couple goals we've assumed all year that anytime the sharks got down by what two goals that the game was over (laughs) it's over there's no point (laughs) yeah because they've averaged like before that about like 1.5 goals or some something something silly right um so that game the rangers game i kind of uh gave me i i i I was paying a little bit more attention when it was 401 islanders i i hadn't completely checked out yet yeah. And I definitely wasn't checked out uh, the Detroit game because we saw what the what sharks sharks uh, yeah. have have <laughs> in them somewhere in them, which is which is a pretty amazing and yeah, uh, amazing scene in the in the in the locker room after both games. Just kind of the the joy, the relief. You know, I think one of the things that I think mean, you can say is that the sharks are playing without any pressure. Um, early in the season, uh, you want to get off to a good start so bad after last season's poor start. Uh, you're playing against some top teams, you're missing players. You really want to, uh, you don't want to be behind the, the playoff, uh, the playoff uh, eight ball or whatever, right? Uh, sure. After the first month and the Sharks reacted in the worst possible way by losing every single game in a month. <laughs> but <laughs> since then though, um, yeah, they uh, playing, playing without pressure, I think, I think is, 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 is not wrong. I don't, I, they're, I don't think they're expecting themselves to necessarily make it back in the playoffs. Of course, they're going to try. But they're just gonna sure. just just let just 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 let it let it out there, and and they have been doing that, and um, it's been it's been a, a lot of fun, and uh, I do have a, a very good clip of of, of Hurdle singing uh, uh, "Viva Las Vegas" that uh, I may or may not release. So <laughs> yes, we need it. The people need it. Playing without like I like that playing without pressure. It, it feels like a a team that um, also we're gonna talk about it um, on this first part of this but guys that are kind of filling into their roles like they're mm-hmm. they're taking an identity of how they play and trying to make that work into a team and we're starting to see like a little bit of like the rise of like certain players up the roster who are really taking that identity to heart and um we'll talk a little bit about it but i'm just happy like it's it makes me happy watching um hurdle be happy and be like the the leader of this team that mm-hmm. that we know he could be um and be the best player on the team and then you guys like Setterland at Grandland and Eklund all the Lins um <laughs> being really um just uh filling out this roster which is interesting um after the first month where we all thought that there was no depth offensively or defensively we have now like some reasonable lines put together yeah yeah, Mike's so. plan um, looks like it's it's it, it is starting to kind of work out. What Mike saw in these players over the summer when he mm-hmm. acquired them, uh, Granlin, uh, Duclair, uh, to a lesser degree Hoffman, who's been a little up and down though. Obviously, um, uh, Mike had a uh, Mike Hoffman had a good uh, goal scoring run there for a little bit there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I want to start first with uh, with Hurdle though. And mm-hmm. you're right, uh, Hurdle, uh, he looks like a different player to me. And it's not just because of the points. But one thing that I noticed, I don't know if you see the same thing, but um, last year, one of the things that I had concerned watching with Hurdle was that he wasn't beating his man one-on-one as much as I was accustomed mm-hmm. to. 
Um, in past years, uh, it was it was almost a given that he was going to beat that first guy with a one on one move, um, whether it be uh, in a neutral zone or or in a tight spot uh, uh, in a you know up high in offensive zone or down low. You just kind of assume that he was going to take that first guy and beat him, and he was he sure. was not beating those guys as consistently last year. I think actually that uh, it's something that was even tracked by Sport Logic that his deeks. Uh, they 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 track deeks and, and successful deeks was oh, lower than in past years. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like a guy like for example for the Sharks last year, Timo Meyer was just absolutely murdering people uh, uh, <laughs> in that statistic last year. Sure. Um, so Hurdle looked like uh, and so with if, with that dropping off, you wondered if um, there was it was because it was he slower, was he older, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right. Whereas yep. this year, and I haven't I haven't dug into the numbers yet with Sport Logic, but I will probably around midseason. But I feel like he's consistently beating that first man, uh, like at all times. Yep. It's it's not. It's like it's it's almost like a second thought, kind of like kind of like he was a couple of years ago when he was an all star or uh, three four years ago when he had his I think career season on the 2018-19 Sharks. He looks he looks roughly about that guy, and yep. uh, it's really it's really great to see. Um, besides obviously it helps with, uh, help, it helps him produce more and he's in a better mood after, after the games, because that's one of the, uh, the, the secret tragedies of, of the sharks decline over the last five years uh, that they've, they've turned uh, Tomas hurdle into, into, a into, a into a joyless man. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nightmare of fun must be always. And, and this is dream to yeah. me. That's sad. Like that time, should that man. should have been Thomas Hurdle for the last five years. Uh, I know. You know, you know, should have been somewhere, some somewhere where fun could indeed be always. And always. He hasn't. He hasn't been right. And yeah. so we've gotten a, diff, a different Thomas Hurdle. Uh, but it is also a more maybe mature Thomas Hurdle. One thing that was emphasized yes uh, yesterday uh, was just sort of the leadership role that he's taken with uh, with Couture out. Actually, Nico Stern mm-hmm. went out of the way to mention. I actually didn't. Uh, I I I I, <clears throat> I asked Nico about sort of. Um, uh, Fabian Zetterlin said that after Thomas Hurdle scored that first goal against the Red Wings to make it four to one, Fabian was like, "Yeah, I knew we were going to come back." And I, I asked, I guess Nico dad, Nico's like, eh, I don't know if I thought that, but <laughs> it wasn't mm-hmm. looking good for us, but yeah. he, he, he went on his way to talk about, uh, in the absence of Couture, how, uh, how Tomash has stepped up as a leader. And I think last year there were some question marks in terms of, uh, Tomash's body language as the Sharks were losing, yep. uh, just his frustration, not bad body, not, not body language, like blaming his teammates, that kind of stuff, but more just frustration that, he missed some chance, some open net or whatever. Right. And yeah. he just, he, he, he was not happy last year, obviously as he should not have been with the losing, but it was just was, was, um, was kind of spilling over that you could see that he was unhappy. And um, even though it wasn't directed at his teammates, because he's never been, he's never been a bad teammate that way, but mm-hmm. your teammates see that though. And, and, and they, they, they take that leadership kind of that, that leadership cue, like, Oh, okay. If 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 uh, if Hurdle can mope around like this, uh, you know, making eight million dollars a year, well, I guess I can mope around a little bit too, yeah. maybe. And but you, yeah, you you don't want that though. And he's been doing a much better job with that. And maybe it's been in some ways it's been good uh, for him that that Logan's been out so long because it forces him to kind of step up and be more of the you know a guy like Couture as a leader is more of a acts the same 
treats every play the same all out all the time, right? Not caught up in, in, in every single play and mistake, not wearing his emotions on his sleeve. He makes a mistake. Right. And that's, that's one sure. thing that, that, that Katora is good at that. He leads by example that way. Right. Like Logan may mm-hmm. never be the fiery, whatever, or even the, uh, maybe even the inspirational leader that, that people think Joe Pavelski is right. He may never reach that. And, that. and that's fine. You can still be a good leader in your own way. Right. And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's what Logan excels at because Logan just plays the same way all the time down, down three goals, up three goals. He plays the same way. And he's a model player. I think you want all your players to play like Logan Couture. And that's, that's great. That's great. Uh, uh, that's a great example uh, in terms of leadership for, for everybody else. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think in the case of, of hurdle here um, uh, with, without Couture around that, I think he, he's done a little bit of that and not, you know, worried about just the, just putting, taking it all on himself, just kind of playing, playing his game, relaxing a bit, and also just making sure that, that he keeps setting a positive example for the guys around him. And so anyway, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really nice to, to, to see this with him because I think that David Quinn said yesterday that uh, this is the best that he's seen out of her over the last couple of years. I think we can, we can agree. And um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see it. Yeah. The, um, the, I think the messaging helps a lot for hurdle because like, Mm -hmm. you're right. If he's, if he's so tied into the team winning, he's going to take a lot on himself because he's an emotional guy. Right. Um, but as long as the message is play for pride, play for, you know, have not have fun, but like play for that. You actually want to be out there on the ice and, and not to just all the pressure to make the playoffs or all the pressures to win. It's helping a little bit. It looks like, and also stepping up into that role where, you know, he, he has to, he's, he's, not babysitting younger guys, but he's playing with some younger guys like Eklund. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's really good to see because Curdle, like, I think we're kind of forgetting, like in this whole rebuilds thing, like what is Hurdle's good role going to be? Like, mm-hmm. is Hurdle going to be here in his, the duration of his contract? Like he signed for, right. Or is he going to be traded away in a couple of years? Is he going to be, you know, our second, whatever line center in the future and, and hope that somebody else comes in and, and really sets this team on fire. And, um, so it's I'm hopeful because of the way he's playing that he's going to be part of the Sharks in the future when they are good, when they are competing for the playoffs, because I love Thomas Hurdle. So it's good to see him play like this. Yeah, um, I think there's a chance that we will see him with uh, with the yeah. Sharks. Still, I mean, we see the example with, with the Kings, right? Uh, sure. Obviously, Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar, and they're, they're still they're still clicking. They're still very good players. Yeah. And so you're hoping that uh, that Hurdle can be that in a couple of years, even the, even the Couture, if you still have him um maybe he'll still be yep. maybe not the couture that we know now but still be a, a valid uh very useful angel player like, i can I, I i i can see it and so mm-hmm. yeah 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 maybe maybe we'll, we'll have to see about that but anyway just it's just fun to see her i mean what do you think about how he's looked uh does, does he kind of remind I, you of just thomas hurdle yeah. right? because last year he didn't he, look like thomas hurdle uh, you know not at all he right? he looked slow and yeah. uh, and there was times in the very beginning of the season when i thought maybe he looked a little bit slow right but um whatever they gave him to get you know for that kidney stone <laughs> got him uh got him all juiced up there <laughs> no, i'm kidding um, but he um he does he looks like he belongs in a first line like he looks like a first line hockey player and a first line like a, a good first line center yeah. at, the, at the time it was being. easier to take the puck off of him last year i mean he still was yes. big and strong and so it wasn't like it was eat like easy to take the puck off of him but mm-hmm. it definitely was easier last year um yeah. now he's got this that year. competitive like fire he he does he looks faster he can yeah. beat his man one-on-one his he, he's um 
His wrist shot's always been good, and it, it's shown off a couple of times just how good it was. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, it's, it's just exciting to see. But he does look good. I wonder yeah. if there's anything else specifically than just his mindset changing. We should maybe dig into it a little bit. Well, but. we we did when we when we talked with uh, with with Tomas in the off season, he he suggested that he had he uh, had slimmed down a little bit, and there was a sure. concentration uh, on that in terms of uh, in, in terms of um, uh, yeah. in, in terms of uh, uh, getting a little faster, maybe. Yeah, get a little faster, right? It's his skating, right? And so, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think I think that that that, that could have helped uh, for sure. But I think the mindset too. He talked about uh, just putting less less pressure on himself, mm-hmm. and uh, not that not 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 that just relax and have fun when you're losing a bunch of games, but just don't take it all upon yourself. And yep. and I think I think that he has done he has done a, a pretty good job of it. And I think uh, we talk about um you know let's let's move on and talk about uh uh. uh Greer's plan, right? And Mikhail Granlin, right? And yeah. um, I think Hurdle, going back to Hurdle, Hurdle was part of that plan too, that, that we would see the comeback of this version of Tomas Hurdle, uh, which we have seen, right? And then Mikhail sure. Granlin was brought in and we heard the talk in the, in the preseason, how good he was and, and that sort of thing, right? And um, I think that you and I both thought that that he was going to to have a very strong season for for the Sharks and be that guy mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago that scored sixty four points for the Predators, and then he wasn't. <laughs> he got hurt the second shift of of the first game. He of course had a kind of a nagging injury uh, throughout the preseason, so he wasn't able to play a lot in the preseason. And then when he came back from his injury, he wasn't very he wasn't very good to to to, yeah, to be to be honest. Great. Yeah, so I think through eight games he had one assist, and he's been on absolute Ooh. fire. Um, yeah. Just won the NHL uh, uh, PA Player of the Week, and what I see out, out of Mikhail is um, he's doing a lot of same stuff that he was trying the first eight games of the season. Just just working now, you know. He, yeah. he is <laughs> he, he he's an interesting mix of a player that is a really sound, smart defensive player. Um, mm-hmm. David Quinn talks about he's always in the right place, he's always above the puck, right? But he takes yeah. a lot of chances with the puck too when he's got it on his stick. He tries to make plays as you know, as if he were Eric Carlson. Let's not forget, Granlin was a ninth overall pick, uh, not um, you know, ten years ago. Skill. He was a highly touted uh, a prospect. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought actually he's going to be a point per game guy. He was very, very highly touted. I, I remember, sure. and um, even though he may not live quite up to that. Uh, he is a really, really good player, and he can make really special plays, just like we saw in the Vancouver game, right? The ESPN goal, right? And mm-hmm. so he was trying those things early in the season. It just was constantly getting shut down, and he just looked uh, a step slower. And uh, he was, yeah, yeah. He just, it just his 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 dipsy doodles weren't working. Uh, the yeah. maybe, yeah, the feet weren't quite there. But now, you know, he says that he feels totally healthy, and we've seen that the last. Um, I think what the last seven games he has twelve points or something like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, is it twelve points or it's, anyway, yeah. it's it, something close to that. Um, yeah. Above a point a game, far above. And he, um, yeah, he looks like a totally different player. He looks like the the guy that um, the Penguins spent a second to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he looks better than that. I think if he was doing this yeah. for the Penguins. <laughs> no, I meant like when. Yeah, he even looks better than when he did when they yeah. traded for him. Um, so like. He just, you know, and that's like the kind of guy that actually has value. Like if, like not just to, because at the beginning it looked like this is like five million dollar per two year. Yeah, it's like going to be an anchor for the next couple of years. Right? Yeah, like there's no, there's no saving the ship, and then he's 
said, yeah, no, there's there's plenty here to save. He's, he's looking you can great. Say, um, you can trade this Mikhail Granlin right now, uh, at, yeah. um, even with a year left, because when the Sharks acquired him, I had the presumption that, oh, maybe this year will be a little tough. Because I didn't, sure. I didn't know that we would get quite this Mikhail Grenlin. And uh, let me look at the number. I want to make sure because I think it was right. Uh, uh, Josh Fragellan wrote an article for me about about Grenlin um, mm-hmm. uh, that came out today at San Jose Hockey Now. And so he 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 uh, he did the math, and it is indeed uh, twelve points in the last seven games, three goals and nine assists. <laughs> so yeah, could, that's since really that Vancouver to. game. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm. He is surprised for sure because uh, he he looked a little out of place, and then they kept using him on like that point position on the power play um, early in the season, and all of it just didn't make any sense. Can I and, no? Can I make an argument for that though? That you can see yeah. what what they were thinking now though uh, with 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 Michael playing at such a high level. Uh, you see the six on five, right? The last couple of games, the six yeah. on five goals. And yep. Mikhail's been great on there. Actually, the yeah. uh, the Tomas Hurdle game tying goal yesterday, David Quinn directly uh, credited uh, Granlin and also a uh, goalie coach Thomas Spear. So the pre scout for uh, Little Caesars Arena is that the the boards are really lively, and Spear oh, such mentioned a good that, play, right? Oh and yep. Gra- and Quinn said that Granlin he 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 knows that, and so he just fired it against the boards. He he went for the rebound. That for yep. for hurdle to slam in and work it worked to to a T and so yeah, and I think he see... had like a little a little fist bump afterward. I didn't see yeah, it like, like it, yeah like it, I I did it I knew I knew it. He's like ah oh, that was the one and it was such a good play <laughs> like it, it was very very smart and and yeah you're right like he can make that kind of heads up play when he um uh, is playing well uh, that he sees smart on the point and yeah. I could see why they did it just in the beginning it just. It didn't, didn't make work. sense because he wasn't mobile, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't as mobile yeah. as he is, uh, as he has been. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. So now he's got a little more of that elusiveness that yeah. he was missing at the beginning of the season. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't surprise me, actually, if they went back to it at some point. Because if this is the Granlin that you're getting, that this Granlin can, 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 I think, can run a point. I mean, um, yeah. we, we saw in that Islanders game when they went six on five. And it was a little, oh, where's Addison? And we realized, oh, they've actually benched Addison for uh for yeah. the last 10 minutes of that game and yesterday though addison was in the game and they still went with the six on five that that worked against the islanders and it worked against the red wings and granlin looks perfectly comfortable up up, up top at yeah. least the last last couple of games i know it's a different situation it's uh, six on five sure. not five on four and maybe there's a different urgency when you're down a goal there's maybe a little more um yeah like said a little more pep in your step or whatever but he has looked he has looked good there so i i like i just i'm just i'm just saying i wouldn't i wouldn't put it put it put it put it past the sharks to try him out there but in terms of yeah. just uh granlin's value though um we, I, we didn't uh i think we meant to get to this but we didn't we didn't get to it last week in terms mm-hmm. of um uh uh boston and boston needs a center right and i mean for this gremlin for this version of mikhail gremlin five million years of bargain now i'm not saying he's gonna score i mean you'd seven uh 12 points you just want angel player of the week that's Connor mcdavid stuff and so we're not we're not counting on gremlin to be this good for the rest of the season but if this is a high though and it's there then Mm -hmm. at five million a year that's that's a bargain yeah, and maybe they take back like a a younger guy like who's making a little bit too much right now, like Jake DeBrusque, and and sure. he's also I think a, a Boston guy. Kind of makes a little Reese, sense. Grease the wheels uh, a little there, right? So yeah. Yeah, and and take some you know pick prospect that kind of stuff, and 
Yeah, I'm down for it. I, I think Granlin's playing great. And I, I know I don't think he would be, he's not your first line center, but if he's your middle six center, you're doing pretty well, I think. At this, version, I mean, at least. I, I yeah, like uh, one of the things I, I I I've loved about Granlin too, and again we saw pieces of it when he was struggling during the season, but he always sticks his nose in there for a guy that as small as he is, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, I think a guy like like if, if William Eklund can learn from Granlin's tenacity, like yeah. uh, or any of the Sharks' smaller players, smaller prospects, be it Bordalo or Bushin or whatever, a guy like Granlin is sort of the the model for that. Um, at least at the forward position of being a smaller guy that sticks his nose mm-hmm. in there and actually does pretty well in, in battles. He does. He's not. Um, it's not routine to beat Granlin uh, on battles just because he's a small guy. He's strong, and yep. so we saw that. Um, I think uh, at the end, I think uh, Quinn also pointed out at the end of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. yesterday's uh, game against Detroit. And um, I'm not sure who had it, but someone looked like he was on the way to empty net goal. And Granlin just sure. fights him all the way down and makes sure, make sure that, you know, make sure that that player doesn't get a good shot on, on goal. And the Sharks turn it around and eventually they, they score and tie the yeah. game. And so Granlin is not just, I, we talk about the points and that's why he won player of the week, but uh, Granlin at what we're seeing now is, 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 is more than the points. I mean, this yep. specific Granlin is a first line center. But I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna stay that way. But like, but if your second yeah. line center has a high, can give you a week like this, and then you know his lows aren't too low, then 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 you have a very good second line center then, right? And yep. so that's and that's well worth five five million. And so um, I think for yep. Granlin, we'll see if he can keep up. Not exactly this again. No one is expecting to keep up this pace, but you know just just keep playing playing good hockey and and stay healthy. And if he if he does that, then um, very tradable. Or if you want to look at him as just staying with the Sharks, and hopefully Couture gets healthy. Right? And we talked about this early in the season, right? And I, you know, our our uh, now 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 I'm bringing them back because now 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 they're looking good. I'm not bearing anymore. Our our preseason predictions aren't 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 our bold predictions aren't looking so ugly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not too bad. I mean, for a minute there, Duclair was tied for the the, yeah. the lead in goals. He still may well. Uh, still, he had he my... had one on his stick yesterday. I'm not sure what happened. Yep. Farrell set him up with a great pass, and he just healed it. Uh, yep. The pass looked like it was there, and that's that's something that that he scored a million times. You know, he just has to laser it in, and the the goalie mm-hmm. was 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 frozen on Ferraro. So he had he had a goal right on his stick there, and so he may mm-hmm. well be the the leading scorer yet. Yeah. So we we do it okay, I think. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, right? Yeah, it's, look at us. You know, look at us. <laughs> we got this. Uh, Emerson is sticking in the lineup, except for the injury bit. Yeah, yeah, except for the injury um, bit. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're getting there. Um, yeah, Emerson actually, I, I I he I didn't plan to talk about him, but um, yeah, like they've been very happy with him. They um. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna talk about Ferraro in a little bit, and so yeah. um, I'll I'll save the Emerson bit for 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 sure. Ferraro. So yeah, so I think I think it's it's relevant there. So so we mentioned uh, Hurdle Granland. Uh, we should mention a little bit about Zetterland, who is the team leader yep. in goals, right? Um, is it still him or did Hurdle catch him? I think they're mm-hmm. tied. I think I think they're tied. They're so. tied now. Yeah. Um, and they're tied with looks... a not embarrassing number. Early season, it was <laughs> it's not one. It was like, <laughs> hey, but Fabian Zetterlin leads the Sharks with four goals after 18 yeah. games. <laughs> yep, I love that. Um, no, he has eight goals now, um, which is not terrible. And Hurdle also, no, Hurdle has nine. So Hurdle is oh, the team taking the goals. lead. Okay. Yeah. All right. But nine. Uh, okay. yeah, but Zetterlin does look good. He's continued to to shine in key moments and. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just I love the we've already mentioned I think on the last podcast about his um like comeback and not writing him off too early but he's right. continuing it scoring big goals uh playing physical um looks good yeah and, it's, uh, you know I thought this too and I don't want to say it because it's unfair to to Fabian but he was doing mm-hmm. Timo Meyer things yesterday in that overtime like yeah. wouldn't that be a play where someone would try to take down Timo and yeah. one, I, I, Timo at his best, I compare it to like a, a, a running back, like a, yep. like a, like a strong, uh, bullish running, not one of those like scat backs, but like, I don't know, like no. Ezekiel Elliott, when Ezekiel Elliott was in, in his prime kind of, yeah. kind of guy, just this strong bull like guy that you can't take down. Derek Henry. Of, yeah. Something like that, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and that, that to me was, I think Timo at his best with the Sharks was a version of that. And mm-hmm. um, again, I, I don't want to put that on on Zetterlin. He's he's not going to be that guy. I don't I don't think that's sure. fair to expect that of him. But um, but he does some of the the same things though. And that kind that play in overtime where uh, I think it was Larkin just trying to hang on him, and Larkin just couldn't. Uh, you know, yeah. And Carl Larkin's a big dude too. This this isn't uh, I don't know. This isn't like a Tory Krug trying 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 sure. trying trying to stick on you. This is uh, yeah. Larkin's a Larkin's a big guy. Um, and um, just uh uh Zetterlin just just shook him like like nothing bounced and, off yeah <laughs> yeah bounced off and then uh and then made 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 a sweet pass to to Granlin to finish off the Red Wings yeah uh, I love Zetterlin too all the Luns man all the Lins <laughs> Lins Luns um but you're right it makes that trade just even sweeter we got Musty doing well we have Zetterlin doing well Mukabadulin doing well in the HL uh another pick coming I'm just happy. That's it. Was and Ohotiuk some playing in the lineup. Yeah, New Jersey well, just needs and... to cooperate. Uh, New Jersey needs to cooperate and get get themselves together. It's uh, the Sharks and get yeah, a first round pick. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, or or just do terrible enough that their second round pick is really really early, and then it's kind of similar. Good point. That's you fair. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So really bad or really good, either one. New Jersey, pick pick a lane. New Jersey is what we're saying. <laughs> um. All right, Larry. Last Lind is our our Swedish. Lund. Uh, our Lund, our uh, Lund, Grand uh, Lund. our <laughs> Swedish savior, William Eklund. Um, Eklund has looked like a top six forward. And I think I, I made a tweet that was like, basically, the transformation of watching Eklund from his draft year all the way through Sweden, through the AHL, and now in the NHL, like transform from a undersized playmaking winger who is not physical enough into mm-hmm. what he is now. It's like... It's just like a slow progression, but it feels really good. It's like a natural fit for him. And he's like, he's going to have ups and downs. It's like um, um, any player that's that young, but he's looked really good in the past mm-hmm. few games. He's looked like a top six forward, which is what yeah, you want from him yeah, right now. I, I, I think that, um, I think he's he's gotten up to the point where he is a top six forward on a not so good team. So I think I still have a yep. caveat there. Like, I don't think the game is like is as there as, yep. let's say, a Granlin or hurdle, right? But for sure, but he's been very good though. He's been much better uh, the last couple of games, and uh, you know, a couple of plays uh, that, that that I I wrote about. Of course, I wrote about the Rangers, and he wasn't quite as good on the uh, on the Will Cooley uh, goal, and I mm-hmm. pointed that out. Um, but uh, um, David Quinn corrected me the next day and said I he that he thought that that was one of Eklund's better games overall, even though he wasn't good on the cool ego. I think we all agree on that. Sure. And that's a learning lesson for him. I, you know, I, if you read the article, I wasn't killing uh, William about it. Just that that's just something else that he's got to, got to learn. 
uh, as the Sharks are trying to learn how to play winning hockey, especially the younger Sharks. But then mm-hmm. uh, the very next game against the Islanders, and I did a little, little story about that, uh, just uh, Eklund's work on the tying goal. Uh, I think yeah. if you could say any, if all, I mean, all, all the Sharks contributed on that, but the main guy I look at, though, was was Eklund there. Um, Eklund on the four check, Eklund on puck retrievals. Uh, quick on the puck, strong uh, on the puck when he gets, and also decisive, too, you know, shoulder checks knows where he's going to go mm-hmm. with the puck before before he gets there and uh so those those kind of little things um and so it was it was a, a great to see great to see not just a, you know everyone's always going to look at the the skill stuff and think about the skill sure. stuff first willie mecklin but it's, it's the little details though that are are going to keep him in in the nhl and um yeah. just like that like i said that that uh that four check on i think it was scott mayfield that kept the puck in um and Zetterlin Zetterlin was able yep. was able to 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 squeeze the puck along along the wall right uh those are the little plays that are just wow you know that's 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 a 21 year old that's learning to play winning hockey mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the skill plays the uh <laughs> the I'll let you do um, that so I'm about the, the details so. no no the, the details I, I you're about the long it. ball you're all about the long ball so that's good yeah yeah, yeah. going for the long ball but no it, it like it it's once the details start working themselves out players like Eklund who have the skill level can can use it and they sure. can show off like on uh, like a regular basis in terms of what they can do and like the pass that he had across like froze the goaltender froze and just the goalie, a, yep Got it right Fantastic. under. Uh, uh, I think it's a, a Romanov stick was was reaching there, trying trying yep. to block it. Its pass was perfectly placed where Hurdle could handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, like what I mentioned before, where he was like, in when Eklund was drafted in Sweden, he was so passive with how he attacked the net that like it was painfully obvious when you watch him. You're like, God, this guy just keeps circling. He like avoids the net almost. Mm-hmm. And then the the t- or the winning goal uh, in overtime, it's like. He's getting that bucket. He's hammered it. He's shooting right. it immediately. Or like, there's like no thought in his mind. He's just boom, boom. I mean, and they were at the end of the overtime anyway. But like, uh, or they were at the end of the overtime. Yeah, right? yeah. It I was like, uh, I, I, maybe ten seconds, seconds, fifteen left, seconds. 10 seconds yeah. left. I want to give Bradley way, credit on that like pass he, though. If I can, if I can uh, uh, interrupt your your Eklund love fest with yeah. more Grandland. Grandland. Uh, sure. You look at that pass. Grandland put that pass in. Mm-hmm. That that pass was like there was like a it's it's like if there's a spot on the ice that is marked and it's marked mm-hmm. for the exact moment that Eklund's gonna pass it and the puck has to be perfectly there or Eklund can't get uh yeah. the, the full uh full velocity behind the one timer and mm-hmm. uh the defensive stick was was pretty much right there too so the pass had to be right in that spot with that yep. it, you know it basically had to be a perfectly placed pass. Uh, perfectly placed pass for Eklund to get get yeah. to it because if it was too hard. Eklund would miss it. If it was too soft. The defense would have caught up uh, caught up uh, to poked it. Poked it out. It just yep. was in the perfect pocket. And, and it seems so like yeah. innocuous. Like you look at it, it seems almost like a mistake, but it's not. It's like a very very specific pass. <laughs> it's it, really... it was. It was. It, I was. It was. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean that that play. Not to take take credit away from 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 the younger Eklund. player, but it was that pass was was to me the the kind of the the most. The, the the highest skill play there kind of there i guess the yeah place no i agree the, i mean there. the hammering of yeah. the shot and it's like but no i love that too because that's something that we've talked about uh multiple yeah. times on, on on this episode that that's not a tool that that eklund had uh when he yeah when he joined the sharks a couple of years ago and it, it is actually i mean i think his his goals like i think four like i don't know four of them are off the one timer or something there's there's it's, yeah, it's something a, like that disproportionate number of goals are off the one timer for him so yeah, he, um, but you could kind of feel when he was shooting that puck that it was going to go in. And like he had that confidence too, where he just 
like I don't know. It, it's it's fun to see because he, he used to be a very passive player and he's mm-hmm. kind of turned it into a very net forward, um, net focused kind of player. Um, trying to get all of his like high danger chances towards the middle of the ice rather than trying to create off the perimeter. So I uh, I enjoy it. And it's it's not like again, we're not saying that William Eklund is Connor McDavid or whatever. It's just a, a good progression for William. So he may not be the savior of, of the sharks, but he is the savior of of of, of hearts, right? So of your heart. Exactly. Other sharks fans. He makes you really happy as he uh you want you want some of these draft picks to to start working out in, in meaningful ways for the Sharks. And it doesn't get more meaningful than setting up the game-tying goal and then the winning goal in and, <laughs> and overtime. So. And, yeah, I mean, it goes into the larger conversation. I know that that there is some people consternation. Oh, the Sharks are now not the worst team in the league now that sure. Chicago, Chicago is in the front uh the the, yeah. the 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 driver's seat for tankathon. us. Whereas, yeah, and Tankathon, Celebrini, all sure. that stuff, right? But, I mean – Again, I mean, isn't isn't this good to you want Eklund, obviously as a younger player yep. to to develop? Uh, do you really want to see Hurdle miserable for the last few seasons and struggling like he was last year yep. for the next? If, if Hurdle is struggling miserable in the next, also if you look at it in the big picture, if Hurdle is struggling miserable like he was last year, that contract is unmovable. This version yep. of Tomas Hurdle, and especially if you can keep it up a couple of years, maybe you can move him in a couple of years. Um, yep. Granlin, this version of Granlin is very very movable, obviously. The version of sure. Granlin that we saw at the beginning of the season, totally unmovable. Um, just mm-hmm. like the Granlin in Pittsburgh, right, was unmovable. So he became a cap dump um, so the so the Penguins could take on Eric Carlson. But obviously, I mean, of those three guys that, that have been acquired, uh, Granlin, Hoffman, and Ruda, uh, you know, Hoffman's been up and down, but, um, you know, consistency hasn't been there. Uh, Ruda's been up been okay, right? And, of course, Ruda's role is a little bit different as a shutdown kind of guy. As a, sure. He's not he's not going to make as many headlines. But Granlin, I think, has I, – I would say this this stretch, I, on the balance, he has been what, what, what I was expect, – what I, what I kind of expected. In terms of just if you look at the points, I think he has like 16 and 20, which is pretty good. And so yep. – that kind of matches again, you know, a couple of years ago with Nashville at 64. So I, I thought that he, he would put up a 50 point ish season. That sort of thing. He looks like he's on the way to that, but this specific Grandland that we've gotten for the last month, this is beyond my expectations. And yeah. yeah. And so if you can get that for a cap dump, you know, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, if you convert a Grandland into, into let's say another second rounder or something, which I don't think is impossible uh, with mm-hmm. the way he's playing. Um, all of a sudden, the Carlson deal is looking a, a little bit better in terms of just uh, uh, what you got back. You got back a first round pick, but you had to take on all these contracts. But you turn one of these contracts into into a, into Something. a high pick. Um, it's it doesn't look like it's gonna be Hoffman. It doesn't look like it's gonna be Ruda, but yeah, maybe it's gonna be Granlin. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, as long as you accept in your heart that Chicago is winning the lottery anyways, <laughs> and then it won't matter. Then it doesn't matter. If we get third or fourth or first, like last, it, it, it doesn't matter. Chicago's winning it anyway. So I, I guess, right what, I guess, yeah, I'm trying to think about it, but like, I think like every player on the Sharks, if they do well, even if it hurts you in the standings a little bit, there's good that could come out of it in terms of, um, um, you know, if Hoffman performs, you're gonna get a 
you can get better better True. exchange for him. Declare performs, same thing. Ranlin, right? Blackwood. Uh, Blackwood, Blackwood Hurdle. Right. There's there's nobody on the Sharks where I think, oh man, he's doing well. Oh, that's miserable. Terrible for the Sharks, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and, and I honestly yeah. I think we're riding on like a little bit of a high in the Sharks, and I think they are oh, still gonna sure, lose a sure. lot of games. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. for sure. No, I I'm with you there. I'm not saying that they're yeah. gonna they're gonna you know march their way back in the playoffs here. Sure. Um, but um, but I guess what I'm saying is that like you you want these guys to to play pretty well. I, I'm um, even I, I, even the the young guys like like let's like uh, lesser uh, less like players who aren't as well known. I got I got and someone pointed this out that I've been saying his name wrong, and I think I mentioned that I've been saying that I I thought I I had it right, so that's why I keep saying Ahotia because I thought that was what it was, and I keep saying it. So I gotta learn <laughs> the other way, which which I will learn. Um, but anyway, a guy a guy like that, right? If if that guy it becomes sure. a real player uh he's young that's going to help the sharks in the long run too so um so mm-hmm. i don't know so this 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 overall is if you look at it if you're able to to even everyone i guess people will say oh focusing on the number one pick is the big picture but that's not the only big picture here though um yeah. so there's a bunch of young guys guys that are under yeah. 24 that that are still gonna be around for a couple of years so for many years, possibly, depending on how they do. So yeah. this is kind of like the trial period for a bunch of different reasons, a bunch of different players. And if you look at it here. in another way too, with the veterans too, like, okay, let's mm-hmm. say you did miss out on the number one pick, right? You get, let's say, the number three or something like that, right? But now you yeah. have a higher picks back for uh, for a Granlin or a Duclair, right? Because they True. actually have, have, uh, have, have had value, right? Then, then, mm-hmm. then, sort of like okay, it, then we missed out on number one, but now we have the third pick and uh, second and a third rounder or something like that. Just I'm just you know giving yep. so so the net the net gain I guess from from all yep. this can still be a good thing even if you don't get the actual number one pick. Yeah, and it's all just lottery chances, anyways. Like mm-hmm. even if they're fourth, fifth, it's still a chance. It's yeah. less chance, and obviously, like we just went through this whole last year where they went and got fourth and we wanted them to get in the top three because of who are all playing in the NHL in the top three right now. But you know, this is a long-term process and we could be laughing in four years when Will Smith is just as good as those dudes. Who knows? (laughs) But like, I don't know. I, um, I am torn because I am obviously a draft guy. I'm a development prospect kind of guy, but I just I can't I can't turn away from watching these sharks and being happy for them. So I don't know. I'm not gonna care about it. And Chicago's good with the lottery anyways. That's how I'm rationalizing it. They're gonna win it. It's that is, so it doesn't matter what they do right now. The sharks, as long as they get in the top or the bottom ten in the end of the year, mm. it's fine. I don't care what they do. <laughs> as long as there's a chance. And uh and I could just say, Oh, well, Chicago's winning it anyway. But that's how I'll rationalize it. And speaking of Young guys on the Sharks that I, uh, I've i lost this segue. Uh, may or may not be here. <laughs> There's Ferraro trade talk uh, mm-hmm. that has cropped up in the past week. Um, full disclosure, we're going to probably do a longer episode on this is where we have like a, a lot of thoughts about Ferraro as a player, what he means to the Sharks, his trade value, that kind of thing. But let's at least talk about the the rumor a little bit. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, uh, Elliot Freeman said that Carolina made a, a, a good run at, at Ferraro um, last season. Um, mm-hmm. I actually asked Ferraro about that. It's in the story that I wrote. Ferraro wants to stay here. Uh, he said that he had unfinished business here, and he, he wants to take this Sharks team back in the playoffs. If you think about it, just feel bad for Ferraro in a sense that like he started off just as the Sharks were declining, and he mm-hmm. would have been a perfect Shark in the 
the Joe Thornton era and right. He would have been the, 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 the perfect guy to just slide in there into the, the middle pairing. Like all like, he's one of those like Jason, the mayor's like, Oh wait, who's this guy? He's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, help keep, Sheltered. help keep the sharks. Yeah. Help, help keep the sharks going uh, for mm. a number of number uh, for, for a number of years, or at least keep their success going. Like, yeah. like, like guys like that did. And um, he just missed it. Just was bad timing uh, because in every other way he is uh, kind of a, the, I don't know, throwback player or whatever. I right? would have been perfect again for, for those, uh, that version of, of, of Sharks teams. And um, so I, I, yeah, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to this more. Uh, I, I'm not, um, I, I've, I've, I've always, I, I've, I like Faro a lot. I like his game. I think that the fans are way too hard on him uh, in terms of uh, uh, the results because he has, he he has he I, he has a lot of uh, there's a lot of breakdowns going on the ice when a goal is given up. It's not just the guy who's closest to the puck, which often is Ferraro because he's the defenseman mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, there's a lot going on, and I I don't I don't put entirely on his plate. And I really do think, and it does seem like teams think that, unless this is sort of a a a a, a, a planted craft, uh, uh, planted a uh, a job by. Uh, by by Sharks management to get Ellie to talk talk up uh, uh, Faro's value, but um, if the rest of the league or if some people in the league think that that Faro has has value, it's because probably they see him the same way that that, that I do. That um, he's in a really bad situation with the Sharks, and they don't blame him for it. And that his True. individual talents uh, stand out still, um, uh, even even through sort of the the mess that he has to deal with uh, around him, and. So anyway, I asked I asked him about uh, Carolina. He said, "I don't know. If, I don't know if Burns misses me that much." <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, but but he's a guy. He's a guy that wants wants to be here, and I, I think that's that's a big mm-hmm. part of it too. Like you, uh, the Sharks in their rebuild, they need they will need leaders, and I I think people yep. people forget that uh, um, they'll give that up for a second round pick or something like that, and. Uh, I'm not saying that that Farrell's untouchable, but I, I think he can still be a very valuable piece of the rebuild, I guess. And I, I've been um, hard on Ferraro a lot because um, I think there are times when it, it looks like Ferraro is trying to do too much and he's um, basically just getting himself into trouble that he has to then get himself out of with his feet um, rather than being like a little bit patient and kind of reading in the defensive zone. Um, but... I think he, he's been a little bit better in the past couple of weeks is kind of why I'm like a little less to like gung ho about trading him. And also I think the, the, the locker room stuff is a little bit underrated probably with him just because of like how much he means to a rebuilding team. I think he would be a good mentor for younger defensive prospects in some ways, as long as he like kind of fully, he has to kind of like form a game almost like he does have his own game, but his game has always kind of been, uh, fill whatever role is necessary or needed based on his defensive partner, and well, and just what the sharks like, need, which is everything, yeah, whatever the right? sharks need, which is problematic, yeah. right? Because he, he can't do everything, <laughs> he can't do everything, yeah. So, I, I just I feel like he's like a little bit of a you're right, a toolsy player, even though he's 25. He's like one of those guys where you look at the tools, and you, you, you recognize that they're good, but all of the game isn't all together all the time, right. um, which is not a top pairing guy. So, we'll talk about it next week or two whenever we get to the the Ferraro trade talk podcast um but it's hard to kind of gauge that that value for that kind of player i think yeah so yeah and one thing that we'll talk about too and i'm interested in and in what my career does with them because um mm-hmm. 
it's I don't know. I I I I I'll need to kind of flesh out my thoughts more about this. But if we go back to Eric Carlson trade, right, and wondered sure. why didn't the Sharks take on more money and uh, retain more money to get more back for Carlson, and mm-hmm. it looked like the Sharks were maybe setting up to try to be more competitive uh, sooner than later, sure. um, right? Uh, to to retain cap space, which made sense if that was if that's their plan. But then, in that case, then why would you trade off a of Ferraro unless it's an exceptional return? Uh, mm-hmm. Because Ferraro can help you now, and he can help you in two years, and then um, and, and he his his contract is is reasonable. It's not like amazing, but it's reasonable, and sure. um, he's obviously good in the room. I mean, he's great in the room. It's I don't think it's he's not just like he's good in the room. He's great in the room. And he, sure. he is absolutely a, a terrific leader. But I want to actually, uh, I remembered one story. I did a story about Ferraro a couple of years ago, talking with uh, um, uh, Greg Carvel, his uh, his coach at UMass, Dave Allison, his coach at, at Des Moines, uh, talked with Pete DeBoer. This was when Pete was in Vegas, I think, at this point, about his oppression of Ferraro when Ferraro came in. Obviously, Bob Bugner, because the story was written sure. when Bob was the coach of the, of, of the Sharks. And Bob is the... Uh, is the one who who named Ferraro uh, alternate captain uh, a couple of years ago. So Bob really liked Ferraro. Um, but one of the stories that Dave Allison told me that that stuck with me is that uh, so you have a, a this is USHL Ferraro is this is before the Sharks drafted him. So Ferraro is like mm-hmm. seventeen. Uh, he's coming into this program at Des Moines that hadn't made the playoffs for I think nine years at that point. Anyway, uh, so they're they're doing practice drills and. Dave sees uh, 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 Ferraro always skating uh, like uh, like skating back hard when the drill when the mm. drill is done. Like just like when he's going to the press position, like sprinting. Everybody else is is just casually getting over to the, to the line, and Ferraro's the only one sprinting. And Dave asks, "What are you doing? Like we're not telling you to sprint here. You don't have to sprint here." And mm. Ferraro tells him, "I'm just trying to get some extra conditioning." <laughs> yeah. That's that's the kind of guy that honestly that's 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 what you want out of your young players and you want that example around around your young players, whoever is going to be with the Sharks in a couple of years uh, on a Sharks playoff team um, in a few years, however long it takes. Like um, there's a good chance that Ferraro can have a positive impact on on a William Eklund. I did a story about that early in the season about I saw in Florida um, and they were, they were, they were practicing doing a down low kind of, kind of, kind of drill five on five drill and Farrell and Eklund were going hard at each other. And at the end of it, uh, they skate back to center ice after the drill and, and mm-hmm. Farrell was banging on, on Eklund's shin with a stick, not like to hurt him, but like, you know, just hard enough that you could hear it was hard though. I get sure. his attention. And I asked Farrell about it uh, afterwards. And Farrell was like, like, like I was telling him that he was doing fucking a good job there. Like what he did there, do that in the game. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 so again, I, 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 uh, I, I guess maybe I'm wearing my Ferraro. Uh, I really like Ferraro. Um, Your Ferraro really teal, teal tinted glasses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ferraro fandom. I, no, yeah. I try not to be a fan of guys, but Ferraro is a guy that, um, you know, every, everyone you, you talk to, coaching staff, whatever. David Quinn sure. said, I didn't include it in my story because I didn't fit into my most recent story about Ferraro and, and how he wants to stay with the Sharks. But David Quinn said, like, yeah, I, I don't know of too many guys I, I like coaching more and more than Ferraro. Yeah. And that's what's honestly yeah. like his, there's two things or maybe 
three, eh, three, four things that I've kept for in the NHL. It's like how good his work ethic is, how good he is in the room, how good his feet are, and then how much he can like get in position to block shots. I think that's kind of like what's kept Ferraro in the league. He's also underrated and strong too. And so in the, in the, in the corners strong. down low, all that stuff, right? So he can use that skating to, along with his strength to, to that advantage. So um, my I point guess is, it, is yeah. like you take, you take that mm-hmm. as the nucleus of what a player is. And I think if you have him in the right role, he's going to be terrific. It's just yeah. he, the Sharks that's continually will use him wrong and and well i don't I, I don't i i don't even know if the sharks are using him wrong it's just that they have no choice yeah so i mean like who who is no the sharks to... best defenseman right now like eric carl it is it is mario ferraro like it or not you know it's not matt benning I mean, it's not matt benning it's not shakir mukamadoulin um it's not jan ruda whoever you named that line mario ferraro is the sharks number one defenseman right now mario ferraro over the last few years whether or yeah. not he should have been or not was the Sharks third best defenseman probably, you know, after Brent Burns, mm-hmm. Eric Carlson, uh, he, and there are, there are yeah. examples of especially defensive defensemen coming into their own later than guys that are, um, more offensive leaning, um, as defenders that, that kind of take a little longer and not that Ferraro is going to have like a epiphany and suddenly become a true first line player. Um, but Maybe there is some value in, in just keeping him because of what he could mean to a rebuilding well, team. Well, again, I said this, and I, I've had ar- arguments with this with you, with 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 people online. Yeah. That I, I think on a good team, I think Farrell can be a capable middle pairing defenseman, a good middle pairing defenseman for a playoff team. And mm-hmm. uh, if the pieces around him are right, and he's not doing everybody else's job, which he wouldn't have to do on a good team. So, but anyway, uh, we don't want to give away too much of our of of, of our. Uh, it's going to be a great talk. debate. Yeah, we'll because yeah, I want to dig into it. The reason why we're not having it having it today is is that we want to look up past trades to see if guys like yeah. Ferraro and, and what they can bring back um, and that sort of thing. And so get some if, industry news or, or like chatter on it. Maybe get some yeah, like actual yeah, opinions exactly, from yeah, other people yeah, besides yeah. us too. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying Ferraro is untouchable by by any means. True. Um, but I look at him as uh, I, I definitely do look at him uh, at at more value than I think a lot of. A lot of people mm-hmm. do. A lot of our listeners do, probably, um, sure. because um, I again, you know, I talk about intangible stuff, but I'm not about. I'm not just about it either. I think he's a very, very skilled player. Uh, not necessarily like puck skilled, but skilled in a lot of ways that again would shine on a on a better team. All right, not to we can't reveal too much, so we'll we'll talk about it <laughs> next next week, the week after, but. Also this week, just to round out our episode before the the um, Cunnan interview, mm-hmm. um, the World Junior Championship, which is taking place in the end of December, beginning of January of this year, um, they released, or a couple of teams have released their preliminary rosters. So this is the rosters that need to be trimmed down, um, but the invites, essentially. This is Canada, uh, USA, um and Sweden have released their rosters so far. There's maybe a few other teams I haven't haven't taken a look, but Finland I don't believe has released their roster. But anyways, all of this is to say is that for Team USA, the invites for the Sharks are Will Smith mm-hmm. and Eric Polkamp. Um, the invites for Team Sweden that are from the Sharks are Philip Bistat, Matthias Havlid. Um, invites for Team Canada is Jake Furlong. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. And then probably the invites for Finland will include Casper Halton, but their, their roster is not released yet, or I haven't found it yet. Um, 
anyway, let's start with with uh, Team USA. Um, Will Smith and Eric Polkamp. Um, Will Smith is not a surprise because he was slotted to be in like the first two center positions for Team USA for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, good from getting the invite. Eric Polkamp is a little bit of a surprise. He showed out at the World Junior Summer Showcase as a shoot first defender who has decent feet. And he made a lot of good plays in that showcase that mm-hmm. um, we highlighted actually on this podcast. And um, a few people um, mentioned that they thought he might make this team and looks like he's on the way to at least um, sticking around to see if he can make it past the, the final cuts. How many, how many do they select at first? Uh, 27, 28, something like that. Okay. And it's going to be down uh, to 20, right? I think it's 21. Okay. Eesh, I can't remember. Okay. Go um, ahead. And now, now, now you can rage about who, who, uh, who was missed, so. but <laughs> who didn't get selected? Uh, it might be a twenty-three man roster. I, I, I can't remember exactly. Okay. But I was curious. Um, was Quentin Musty? <laughs> and I'm not. I, I don't want to do the thing where I just get mad because I'm a Sharks fan and I follow the Sharks prospects that one Sharks prospect didn't get selected. But I'm a little bit mad, and I think there's. <laughs> A little, we're gonna have a, a um, kind of a more preview of the world junior championship episode as we get closer to that time frame, or maybe during the world junior championship, just to recap some of their players that are that are playing. But, um, yeah, Quentin Musty has looked amazing in the OHL, like he's looked very, very good. He's on a very good line, a good mm-hmm. team, which helps. Um, playing with Albert Dvorsky, who's a very high pick from last year's draft, um, but he's got 31 points in 16 games two points a game, essentially, in the OHL. He's had um, some issues with being suspended a few times for, like, slew footing. And I think the biggest reason why he's not invited might be that he's in the OHL. That's the easy answer, is that the USNTDP likes to pick guys from their own program, likes to pick guys from America, um, and guys that are playing in college rather than over in Canada. That's one reason. Um, the other reason is I think the... I just think where he, and this is me again, prefacing that I think it's dumb, but I think why they did it is because of basically how the team is constructed. Like there is a ton of, ton of skilled players on the forward group for team USA that I think musty would probably be in the bottom six. And I think they were looking at their bottom six and, and wondering if they need another skilled guy rather than somebody else can play a more traditional bottom six role. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not something that's uncommon in tournament like play. Sometimes these smaller tournaments, they will specifically select dudes that fit those roles because they have to have somebody, you know, play on the penalty kill and, you know, play like that grinding type of game sometimes throughout a game. So I think that's what's going on with Musty is it's a combination of the OHL and they looked at the bottom six and thought that he wasn't going to be the guy that they wanted for it. So, well, and let me people ask would you. argue like, yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, Musty is he good enough to be in the USA's top six? Um, is there an argument for it? Like, is it one of those things where all things equal, if he was US NTTP, that maybe he'd be in the top six? Because you're telling me that that he, you don't see him as a bottom six guy, so that makes sense why he's not there. And unless sure. he's clearly a top six guy, um, I mean, I don't, I can't I, avoid having him on a team. Then it doesn't seem that outlandish any, anymore. I mean, I, I mean, it's not a, it's, it's outlandish just because it hurts my heart. And he's had a very good. OHL <laughs> okay. So season. it hurts your feelings. Okay. I got you. But no, but like the top six is like, it's Jimmy Snuggerud, who's a 
insanely good. No, it's I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even. Uh, no, no, I know. But I want to put. I want to put it out there so okay, people. Yeah, yeah, sure, people sure. like understand who's out there. It's like James Hagens, who's going to be like a number one or two overall pick next year. Um, Will Smith. It's Jimmy Snuggerud, Cutter Gauthier, Gabe Perot, Ryan Leonard. That's right. That line, five. the Smith line, right? Yeah. The Smith line. Frank Nazar, who was a top ten pick or top mm-hmm. twelve pick, I think. Rucker McGrory, um, Isaac Howard. It's okay, so Musty's not freaking really anyway. He's he's not like he he not as a like, he's eighteen still, right? He's he's not. Yeah. He's he's not he's not breaking that anyway. Even if he was USNTDP, he wouldn't be in the top six. Probably not. Okay. And that's sad for me to say, but it's probably true. Okay. And he's also he's younger than all most of those guys who've been playing together. Okay. So I think that's the other thing is like they they have Smith and uh, Leonard and Perot all playing together. Sure. They know each other. They're really good as a line. They have, well, you know, they, Isaac those guys Howard, are, are Nazar. better than Musty as prospects. I mean, no, they yeah, mean, right. I mean, yeah. we'll be honest here. Well, I, maybe at least Leonard and Smith. Maybe not Perot, but um, yeah, Perot and Musty are probably. I mean, it, it depends on who you ask, because some people do love Perot more, right. even but, more. Than, but like, but obviously, we Leonard. know Smith and Leonard and Perot work though. So yeah, so, yeah, they're all going to play his line yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have like Cutter Gote, James Higgins, and and whoever the hell else. Anyway, the point is, is that USA's forward group is stacked. So I understand why they didn't do it. It's just, it makes me sad. And I think that's, I think that's <laughs> okay. what they looked at. Okay, so that's, that's what we got. <laughs> it makes me sad. And I think it's dumb because he's, he's doing really well. And you no, can but, always like, but, but you got to build it. If you construct a, a roster, right? Like you said it yourself, yeah. like, like if uh, you're not picking the, the 12 guys with the most points, right? Um, sure. You're, you're picking, uh, your top six, maybe your top nine is the guy with the most points, guys with the most points. But then you have your sure. fourth line, and they got to play a role. And can Musty – not that Musty couldn't fit into one of those roles. Like, it's not beyond his – it's not like it's beyond his capabilities. But sure. um, if you don't think he can do that in that two, three-week span as an 18-year-old adjust his game – then why yeah. even bother? I'm just, I'm and just, it, I'm playing devil's advocate, but I just like, I, the way you, the, the, the way it looked when people are first talking about it, I was like, oh my God, what a, what a travesty. No, but it's not, a, it's not a travesty. Now, like, it's not now like a completely, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like, it's, it's not, not a like completely musty miss making like, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, team Denmark or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There's just, it's a lot of dudes that are really good. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think it is kind of dumb that they did invite a couple dudes that I don't, like Kerry Terrence got invited from the OHL and, and I watched Kerry Terrence and he's doing fine this year, he's, uh, but he's not as good of a player as Quentin Musty. Yeah. But can he fit and a role though? Right. It's not about who is the best player. Uh, I think he's going to get sent home regardless. But huh? I think he's going to get sent home regardless unless like I'm missing something completely, but well, also too, um, is this, this Terrence oh, kid that was he USN TDP or is he all OHL? So they, they obviously pick some OHL guys. So yeah. So they, they did. That's what I'm saying. But I yeah. think, even from like, if you compare the same league, essentially, Kerry Terrence is an OHL guy and Musty's mm-hmm. an OHL guy. Musty's a better player. And Musty is also like, not because like this year he's a little bit more physical than he was mm-hmm. last year, too. So it's, I think he's developing into a game that could be in the bottom six. Okay, I'm just talking myself in circles. December. <laughs> yeah. That happens December, though. Who, I know. Who is going to help you win games in the specific role you have in vision? And it's probably, I, I guess they probably think Terrence can do that more than Musty. So, yeah. Well, but I also think Terrence is probably going to go home. So, 
Yeah, so okay, so not even gonna make it. Okay, so even <laughs> okay then. <laughs> so, but okay, so I, I'm exposing not, yeah. my my irrationality about Musty. Um, I I just wasn't right, sure. I just year. wasn't sure. Yeah, because I'm not as familiar with prospects as, as you are. But like, yeah, it, it I think he's, I think he's actually sound, eligible. It doesn't sound like he got jobbed or anything. So yeah. So no, I mean, no, just like in our hearts a little bit. <laughs> okay, but he okay. is eligible for next year and. I understand why they did it. I think okay. this is again, we don't have a confirmation. That's why they did it. We'll never sure. know. We can ask a bunch of people, but I think that's why they did it. Okay. Um, I don't know. He, he also looks fine at the world junior summer showcase. He was up and down, but he had like one game where he was like on fire. So I, I thought he would at least make the, with that and in combination with his mm -hmm. OHL team that he would make the preliminary before the cuts and uh, you know, good on him, I guess for, Sticking to their guns and yeah. Either way, um, pole camp is an exciting one. <laughs> I uh, I I like pole camp. The the defense for for USA is a little thin. Mm -hmm. um, Z Buyam is going to be like their number one or their star with Seamus Casey. Um, yeah, but they've got a bunch of and Late Hudson. Um, mm -hmm. But they've got a bunch of dudes after like those three. Minetian's pretty good. Pole camp's good. Renzel's good. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually makes the team because I think they'll um, they're going to trim those down as well. They got ten defenders, sixteen forwards, so it's twenty nine total players for the um, the roster. Okay, quick uh, prospects quiz for you. Rate the prospects: uh, uh, Casey, Pavlid, or Mukumadulin. And the reason why all these names are together is because uh, Pavlid was picked right ahead of Casey. Uh, mm -hmm. in the draft, which is, I think, a statement in terms of they're both similar-ish type players, so the Sharks picked sure. the one that they liked more. And sure. a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, some people thought that the, the Sharks should have targeted Casey in the Meyer trade. And so, rank rank these prospects, in your your opinion. So, I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, that's tough. Uh, Havlid, I would put, actually, at the bottom on that list, okay. I think. Uh, and then... Between ha between Casey and Mukabadula, it's tough because Casey plays a a different game and he's not the sure. ideal size that Mukabadula is. Just so angel impact, I, though. I'm not. Yeah, I mean angel yeah, impact. I probably give it to I probably give it to Mukabadula, then Casey, okay. then Havlid. Because I mean Havlid and Casey are like the same size, and Casey's ripping it up in the NCAA right now. He's okay. like above a point a game. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So I probably put Mukabadula and Casey, and then then Havlid. But it's tough. Anyway, moving on from Team USA, after they did uh, not invite Musty, which is sad. <laughs> after they did your man wrong, so <laughs> they really did. Um, <laughs> we have um, uh, Team Sweden, which unsurprisingly involves uh, Philip Eastat and Matthias Havlid. the The Team Sweden roster it looks like it's been the same for like three years, um, just because it they it looks very similar to like their their uh u18 team from a few years ago and like their world Junior championship team from last year it's just it's interesting that they're all together again they're going to be one of the favorites of the tournament just because mm -hmm. of how um cohesive the the group is um pretty deep as well and beast that's going to be a big part of that he hasn't had the most amazing shl season um he's taken a little bit of a step back offensively mm -hmm. um this year so, but he's always played well at these international tournaments. So I, I suspect he's going to play very well. Mm -hmm. um, Havlid looks fine or has looked fine when I've watched him. Um, 
and he as well has played well in these tournaments. So both are going to have huge roles for for Team Sweden. Okay. Um, no real things there other than we don't have a time machine, so Eklund can go back and play with them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other than that, the biggest I think surprise for me again we oh, don't have. Can I ask you Finland. about Beastead before we get over to sure. your, your big surprise? Um, Sure. Uh, JD did a did a, did a story on San Jose Hockey Now recently, um, uh, talking about some of the prospects and said that Beastheads had a bit of an up and down year. Um, is it on sure. the up up again, or is it still a little bit? Uh, uh, He's putting up more points. Okay. Um, I haven't I haven't been able to watch him in probably before Thanksgiving sometime. Okay. So I'm not entirely sure how he's been doing the past couple of weeks, but he he did look okay. He's just he was like his offensive game just seemed like it went to smoke like it just he couldn't get anything done like he um he'd consistently like lose the handle and and he'd um i don't know he just wasn't making any anything simple for him in the offensive zone so it seemed like he lost all of that kind of uh confidence in carrying the puck and uh was doing it very poorly in the beginning of the year i think he ended up getting scratched one game or a sit down game um i think in october um or november mm -hmm um but yeah i haven't been able to watch him since then okay. but he has been putting up more points so he's on the list to to re-watch a game whenever okay. i uh wake up enough to to watch one in the sure. morning because they they play like it like somewhere between like nine and twelve if you can catch them like it's hard to get replay games of anything yeah. in the shl so anyway um but uh all that being said not a real surprise for team sweden Canada includes Jake Furlong and does not include Luca Cagnoni, which is really interesting. Um, well, yeah, I, I can see why they did it. Right. Um, but uh, again, another guy that's like had a a really good uh, beginning of his WHL season. Cagnoni was like one point two points a game, one point three four something mm -hmm. like that as a defenseman. Looks great. I uh, watched him a bunch of times. He's a smart player. He's calm as well. He's a very calm defender um, and a very good transition defender. He's not like one of these dudes. He has a lot of skill and he does that kind of like activation thing that you see from smaller defensemen, but um, he isn't the same. I don't know. Like sometimes when you watch like Lane Hudson, he, you're just like, that's never going to work. And, and like, we never know. Maybe Lane comes in and he's going to be amazing, but Canyoni doesn't put up points like that. Like he's just very good at uh, reading the play in front mm -hmm. of him and, and breaking the puck out and um, making very skillful passes in the offensive zone. Yeah. Got an underrated shot as well. So I thought he'd get an invite just because mm -hmm. he's looked good. He is small, so he's like five foot nine. And I my think question uh, usually for things like that is, do they have a guy like him in the lineup ahead of him already? Is that uh, you're not going to have a, a number of guys like that on your defense, but you might have one guy. So do they have, have already one. somebody? Ahead? Yeah, no, I'm just saying they might have one kind of smallish power play focused. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, maybe I mean, two, but for probably quarterbacks, have, but yeah. They have a couple. Um, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Ty, so so yeah, it's not, Ty Nelson. again. So, Ty Nelson's yeah. like a, a, well, Ty Nelson's a little bit more stocky. Yeah. Um, but he is shorter. He's quick he's got a great shot he's a good power play producer Videnta Matejchuk who's also similar to Canyoni I'd say in that but Matejchuk will play more rover style than mm -hmm. than Canyoni will um but I, I don't know there's just not a lot of like tons of offense here in their in their defense mm -hmm. so I thought maybe they would bring Canyoni 
But um, it just sounds like you're hurt again. I'm just hurt. <laughs> I thought they did bite him. I like this. They included they included Michael Butchinger, which who's who's fine. Jorian Donovan, who's fine. Oliver Bonk, who's fine you just seem mad jake, at that, that 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 he didn't get a free trip to wherever they're going so <laughs> yeah jake furlong who is fine but <laughs> like i different like jake. styles all right like it's like they are like, they are like, they're more like, they're more of that like, like a bonk mm, and a cagnoni right just the, you can't the, right yeah the you can't really i mean they're they're more of a two-way defenders all the way through and then they included a few skill guys like vitechuk mm. and and uh nelson and, yeah. and stuff like that but I thought maybe he'd get an invite, but it is what it is. I think a Musty's a bigger one, even though we've already talked ourselves out of why Musty didn't get an invite. But, you, you, um, I'm really I, I didn't talk you out of it. You talked yourself out of it. I just gave you the. I'm the really piece. happy. I gave for, you the the the, the, yeah. the light to, to light your path, yeah. right? <laughs> to reason. I'm really happy for for Jake. Um, I think we talked about it for long, probably the beginning of the podcast, like when we started the, the podcast series. But yeah, he's had a good season. He um. He is steady. Um, he does a little bit of like puck moving. He's got a good first pass. He seems like he's getting it together to have an NHL career, or at least a chance does at an he, NHL career. Does he make this team? I don't think so. Okay. I think they send him home. But who knows? Maybe he'll score the game winning goal, and I'll be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I am happy that they invited him. And, and I honestly, uh, it's it's kind of dependent on who's playing well when they're when they're all together and and yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a, a wait and see Tell me it's impressive though that he even made the the selection even yeah, yeah. uh because they He's had guys like, like Cagnoni or other guys that they could have they could have picked right so yeah. and also it's not that huge of a, a for both Cagnoni and for Musty just for people mm-hmm. who aren't aware it's not that huge of a like of an insult because they do have another year so like it's actually kind of uncommon for guys like them to to make the team um, they have to be exceptionally good. Um, so it's not that big of, I'm just, okay. So my timeline my was just heart. filled with just a bunch of herd sharks fans, uh, Basically. last week because I, I wasn't sure I looked at that and I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. Um, yeah. and it, okay. So <laughs> I do think musty is probably one of like, if you're going on pure, like talent, he's one of USA's top 12 forwards, I would say, but, but we're not. But we're not. And that's we're going not on what wins are, you what wins you a tournament. That's yeah, not how teams are constructed. So. <laughs> it's what, it's what wins you a tournament. I mean, so. if we if we look at the Sharks right now, right? If we got one on pure talent, then I mean Gushin no. would be up, Bordalo would be up, and we have the team that yeah. everybody would want, but then that team would be, would lose ten to four. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to win a tournament. And yeah, eh, it's tough to say exactly what, what caused them to do it, but uh, and, it, and I don't want to rub the, you know, the picture that Musty is some kind of like floater or has no defensive responsibility yeah, or course. like can't play physical. He's not. He's he's like a pretty good to or becoming a pretty good 200 foot player. It's just, um, yeah, I don't think he was right for the bottom six. So, right. For two weeks, you need a guy that you can just fit in there. And um, yeah. not a guy was learning to do it. By the time Musty gets in NHL, he may be able to adjust his game and play sure. different sorts of roles but maybe not right now yeah. right so like they also like, have a ton yeah. of playmakers and, and musty at his core is a playmaking winger mm. so they have a ton of those kind of guys not as big as musty like musty's a big playmaking winger which is kind of rarity but um yeah they have got a, a lot of those guys so anyway happy for jake happy for uh for um eric Volkamp and uh will smith and probably halton and uh and then v and uh Havlet. Uh, it's gonna be great we're gonna have a lot of uh, coverage i'm gonna try and put out some like 
maybe articles related to it that would be oh actually one guy we awesome. didn't talk about that's had a good season uh and then i just wondered uh, is uh lun and mm-hmm. oh, i know i know one, i know yeah. he didn't have a great uh a great tournament summer showcase yeah. right but um yeah. but is he one of those guys too that he's not going to fit your bottom six and he's not he's not skilled enough to be in your top six on this team i think so yeah, i think it's, it's probably lines, very much along those lines and um yeah, like his World Junior Summer Showcase was was very bad. So I think they win a lot of that. Even though he's had a good, I've watched a few games of him in, in Northeastern. He's actually looked really good. But um, I think it's a little bit of that. They have a few guys that do his job already, and the he wasn't going to fit the bottom six. So they 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 should form a wild card team of the guys that that got passed over from different countries, and you Ooh, have Lund and Musty on it. It'd be it'd be, Lund, it'd Musty, be like Kenyoni. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It'd be like the the. In a World Cup, the team North America, we call it something else because it wouldn't be just be North America, just all the guys that just missed the cut on mm-hmm. Sweden, some of the deeper rosters out there, Canada and the US, and uh see see how they they, they would they would fare. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is Cam or this is Lund's last year of eligibility, I believe, for this. So it is a bigger snub for him mm. um to Although I have to check exactly when the eligibility date is because okay. he's turning 20 in June of next year. Um, but I'll have to look and see. But I think okay. this is his last year to maybe get in. So, but so it is a little bit bigger of a stub for him mm-hmm. to not come. Anyway, that's uh, the quick uh, uh, prospect update and uh, a quick look into Keegan's feels. My feels. My. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just I really liked Musty's game, and I was really excited for him to play in this tournament, or at least. Yeah be on the preliminary to see if he's going to play. Yeah. And then to just find out that nothing, I was a little sad, but <laughs> I understand why they did it. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Um, stick around for the interview. Um, and then we will see you next week. Yep. See you soon, guys. All right. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, we have a uh, Luke Cunning here uh, joining the, the podcast right here. And thank you very much, Luke, for uh, for joining us. Uh, first, I want to say happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, what did you do for your birthday? Um, we had a few nights in New York, so just uh, we were in Long Island there, and just uh, took it easy, went to dinner with uh, Mar and Benny, and uh, got some rest. That's about it. Very good. Very good. Uh, what, what what did you guys go eat? Uh, Bruno's, I believe. Uh, Italian, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, because uh, because of Mario, <laughs> uh, I think it's just one of the only spots we we found. So uh, it was uh, it was good. Though. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, actually, I was going to ask you about uh, Matt Benning. You guys uh, have a uh, long-standing friendship. Uh, you guys do everything together. You guys do uh, Halloween together, Halloween costumes together. You guys do fantasy football. And so anyway, just uh, how did that friendship develop? Obviously, you guys knew each other in Nashville. Yeah, just uh, met in Nashville. Obviously, uh, both came here the same year. Um, one of my uh, really good buddies, obviously a great player, great teammate, uh, really good person and family, so I just kind of hit it off. And, um, yeah, I guess that's how we do uh, a lot of things together. <laughs> yeah, the epic Halloween costume, though I gotta say though, and I've talked with Matt about it, that his costume was epic, your donkey costume was, uh, uh, he said, a cobbled together last minute. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, my uh, original costume I guess didn't come in, so there was a little bit of a scramble, but uh, we made it work. Yeah, because you were supposed to be the Shrek donkey, 
with yeah. the, the big teeth and yeah, all that stuff, yeah. right? And look more, uh, a little more like Eeyore, a little yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, last minute, found one there in San Jose, but uh, I guess uh, you got the gist of it. Yep, yep, yep. Well, what, what, what was the original costume? Was it supposed to be the actual yeah, Trek costume? Yeah, it was more of the, the real one. So, oh, okay. Um, what happened to it? Just never showed up on Amazon, I guess. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it all worked out. All right, all right. Um, and also fantasy football. And so uh, we talked about this before. Uh, what is your team name again? You told me, but I forgot. Uh, scoops. Scoops, okay. Yeah, Benny's, uh, Benny's always got the scoops. Okay. Um, you know, what's, uh, what's going on with the players, what's going on around the league. So uh, that's, the, that's how we got the name. Are you giving mad credit as the, he's the, the true architect, the GM, the brains of the team? Yeah, I think he's, uh, <laughs> he knows a little bit more than I oh, do, okay. but, That's nice uh, okay. you know, we're, we're good for each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what do, what, what do you do for, 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 the, for the team then? Just bring, bring some good energy, I guess. Okay. Good locker <laughs> guy, I don't know. It's, uh, we have fun with it. We've, yeah. uh, we've done it for a few years now, so it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I've heard uh, uh, during uh, lunch, you guys are kind of talking about it a lot, right? You and uh, Yeah, we're always big one shopping. Uh, out who to put in, who to take out. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's all in good fun. And, uh, good to have that with, uh, with the guys. Well, you're a week away from the playoffs. Uh, are you guys in? As of now. As of oh, so it uh, may not be the case then. Uh, we uh, should be. We should, should be. Right. Rough, rough couple of weeks. Rough couple of weeks. Uh, who, uh, who else is in the league this year? Because the last year, uh, actually, I, I, I know Aiden Hill's still in it. He was in it last year. Um, how about uh, Jumbo? Is he yeah, still Jumbo's in it? I'm sure Logan there. is in it. Logan's in there. Heard also. There's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's, uh, who's kind of uh, doing uh, the best in the league so far? I think sort of uh, the favorite. I think Joel Ward's number one. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I think he's uh, running away with the regular season. Oh, yeah. Just regular season, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And who's, uh, uh, who has the worst team? Who auto-drafted this team? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who. Uh, I don't uh, look that far down. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, now you say don't look that far down. Yeah, you you, you probably like. Uh, did you got to tell me who the worst team is? No, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Ah, okay. Well, that's going to be my my job, guys, as a as a journalist. Scoops. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the scoop on that. Okay. Who has the most embarrassing team? So. <laughs> Um, speaking of the, the locker room, uh, what is your responsibility for skiing? Because you were put into it. Mario said that it was uh, you, uh, uh, Duke, and, and Duke and Luke. So. Yeah, I don't know. We thought, uh, you know, it was from Hard Knocks, I think. Uh, yeah. That's the first time we saw it. We thought it was, it was good. It, uh, it was pretty split in the room. So, it's very uh, split in the room. Kind of change it up. I, I like all kinds of music, so okay. I, I don't really care as long as, you know, we're winning games and hearing a song after yeah. I'm happy. So, so you you don't take uh, you don't take responsibility for for that. No. <laughs> and uh, you said change it up. So did you guys change it? Uh, we had a couple uh, songs that just I guess go you know one after the other. And I think yeah. We just put uh, some of those in front of that. Did you really? Oh, it's I'm a big ski fan. I actually didn't know that song and I learned it and I actually like it. I'm not even like pretending to be like like hip. It just I, I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the locker room was uh, it pushed push the yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, um, I understand the sec the second win song was uh, uh, Tommy's uh, Tommy picked it right. Uh, Freedom from Desire, I think it's called. Uh, it's, a, it's just kind of a '90s Euro dance song. Uh, you know the third song? No, I don't. Okay, I, like, I like Tommy's song. I think okay, you like Tommy's song. Yeah. Has that become number one? Um, I'm not sure. Well, yesterday, did you guys play ski? Yeah, no, no, no I don't think so. Oh, I, okay. obviously, I, I wasn't out there. So right, right, right. Um, but 
Like I said, as long as we're hearing songs after games, that's always good. <laughs> All right, well, so that's the uh, second job for you guys as a, a, a hardcore journalist to find out what happened in the, the mystery of skiing. <laughs> Um, you know, actually, I, I was actually curious about this. This is from, from uh, last year uh, that I was wondering about. Papa uh, was playing about the Windsock last year, too. So he's a, he's a locker room out of 10 with the Windsock. He's always, he always has been, never been happy with it. And I heard that Nick Benino played like a, some Italian song after a game. Like, I don't know. Did they do that? Like, yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Um, but uh, like, a, like a Dats and More yeah, or something like yeah, that. It's always, uh, always fun. Okay, but your your musical taste is uh, anything? Uh, yeah, I got I, I like it all. Uh, mostly country though. That's my uh, my go-to. Okay. So, yeah, I play a country song if it was up to me. But <laughs> um, I, uh, guys, I did ask. Uh, so Ski uh, Sexy uh, Red, the rapper, uh, she's from St. Louis. Uh, Luke is from Missouri. So I asked Luke about it earlier. He said that I had nothing to do with it. So again, Luke is disavowing all all knowledge of Ski. So. <laughs> Um, so just a, a couple of uh, hockey questions uh, to kind of uh, finish off here. So just how much does this suck for you that you're starting to score there? You start off the season a little bit slow in terms of the goal scoring, and then you four four in your last nine, and then, and then you get hurt. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, it sucks. Obviously, it's part of the game, um, but uh, you know you just gotta you know heal and uh, just get back at it. So obviously it's unfortunate, but uh, it's one of those things that's an athlete. I gotta ask you. So, when you're going through a slump like that, I mean, me on the media side, I read a lot of criticism. Fans are saying a lot of things, right? You, you pay attention to that at all, or you as an you cannot pay attention to that stuff. It's just gonna eat you up. Yeah, I just focus on what I can do. Um, I know what uh, what I'm doing, the work I'm putting in, and all the things that we're doing in that locker room. So that's what I'm. It did seem in the uh, that that stretch when uh, the first fourteen games, I think you had one goal. That you get a lot of chances, and so is that kind of what you your focus is more that look, I'm I'm doing the things to get into position, and you're going to start to go away. That's sort of the, sort of the, your mindset, your focus. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, you want to score, you want to produce. Um, I think I obviously bring other things to the table and yeah. help our team have success. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you just want to keep getting your looks, and, and you know, you obviously want to go in, but just keep doing the right thing. I think one time's enough that uh, you have to start. And uh, you're obviously injured right now. You feel pretty good about coming back soon. You know, how's that coming along? Yeah, it's uh, it's coming along. Uh, no exact timeline, but uh, you know, we're doing, putting in the work and, and doing all the right things, so hopefully it's soon. And I also want to congratulate uh, your wife, Sophia, just signed with uh, Minnesota PWHL. Uh, just a reaction to that. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's uh, awesome for her, happy for her. She obviously uh, playing for her hometown team, first uh, first year of the league and everything. So it's uh, a lot of exciting times for, for them in the league. And uh, hopefully it's, uh, it's a great season for them. Are you guys the only, I was trying to figure this out, are you guys the only um, married NHL PWHL couple? Uh, as far as you know, I don't know. Okay. Well, then I've heard as far as you know. Then yes, right. maybe, you don't know yeah, another. I guess maybe. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? Well, how's it feel uh, to be the NHL PWHL power couple? You guys are the power couple. I don't know about, uh, <laughs> I don't know about power couple. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, just you know, she's uh, obviously very passionate and uh, you know works really hard. So it's uh, cool to see that. Uh, she's playing and you know like you said playing for Minnesota and um, 
first year in the league. It's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, I see a reality show here. Uh, keeping up with the, the, the pundits? No, not a chance. Not a chance? No, absolutely. Not, not you. What about Sophia? She had a personality or no? No. Like, no. no. So both of you, no? No. Okay. Uh, that was my chance to be the exact producer. That uh, that was going to be my way out of this uh, this, this job, Luke. <laughs> All right. I wanted to end finally. I wanted to talk about uh, the the Luke Kanina T1D fund. And uh, Luke, you were diagnosed with a type one diabetes uh, when you were twelve years old. And uh, when you were diagnosed at the time, I mean, uh, you, I imagine you had thoughts maybe your hockey career that that was maybe the end of it. That it's a very a very serious thing. This form of diabetes that impacts fewer than two million people. So that's. That's a that, that's a tough one, but um, anyway, you had an angel role model that that called you a, a couple of days into that diagnosis. So you just can't talk about uh, uh, how that came about to have, have an NHL or who who have who's playing through uh, type one diabetes uh, reach out to you. Yeah, so uh, obviously really close with Keith uh, Kachuk and the Kachuk family, and he was playing, you know, for the Blues in St. Louis there at the time I was diagnosed, and. Uh, you know, DJ Crown being a part of the team at the time had uh, type 1 diabetes, so to have him reach out to me and call me and just kind of, you know, for me wanting to play in the NHL, that being the dream of the goal, and, you know, having someone call me who, you know, has gone through it and is dealing with it, I think was really all I needed to see and hear. And, um, you know, the rest was kind of history. Um, once I heard that, I think that was a really big piece of the process for me. Talking to kids, want to help uh, kids and families any way I can, just to let them know that you know you can still do everything you want to do. And, uh, yeah, so very uh, appreciative of, of him uh, making that call for sure. And you still keep in touch with DJ? No, I actually haven't really talked to him uh, since then. Oh, but, wow. uh, like I said, I don't know if he realizes how you know, much of an impact he had, but uh, I'll uh, always remember that and be uh, thankful for that. And uh, you know the Kachucks just through growing up in Missouri? Or yeah. Um, hockey? Yeah, Matthew Brady. Matthew's yeah. one of my best friends, obviously, playing with him. You know, growing up uh, all the years in St. Louis, um, you know, having a uh, big wall there as like a second dad to me, always coaching us, always being there, helping us, you know, get to the level we are now is uh, pretty special. Yeah, just very close family friends for, you know, a couple of years. Can I ask you one Kachuk uh, question? Who's the most annoying Kachuk to play against Brady or Matt? On the ice. I know you love them on the ice. Uh, <laughs> they're all tough to play against. I think, you know, that's obviously why they're they're so good. Um, but yeah, if, uh, two of the, you know, best players in the league, and you know, for a reason, they, they work extremely hard and, you know, very good uh, for their teams and helping them win. But uh, yeah, so the main reason why uh, Luke is on here is that uh, the Sharks and uh, and Luke have just uh, come out with uh, the Luke Cunning T1D Fun merchandise collection. It's a cool collection of uh, caps, shirts, and what else you got? Sweatshirts? Yeah, hats, sweatshirts, shirts, uh, scarves, pucks, you know, uh, pretty special to have. Stuff like that that, uh, you know, people can uh, get, you know, have uh, half the proceeds go to the foundation. Very nice, and obviously the Sharks Foundation, the Sharks uh, to do that. It's uh, pretty, uh, pretty cool. You go to uh, SharksProShop.com uh, to uh, to purchase. Uh, anywhere else that they can uh, buy it? I or think that's uh, where it's at right now. Okay, okay. And uh, Luke is going to get uh, some of that gear to his teammates, so maybe you'll start seeing it on NBC interviews or on a podcast coming soon. So, anyway, Luke, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, good luck with the collection. And just uh, great work that, that you do. I noticed, you know, day one that you, that you came in here, that you always had the, 
the, the special, uh, uh, you have uh, the, the kids uh, that come after the game to talk with you, right? The kids yeah. the, the, the T1, uh, T1D. Uh, when are you having that this year, anyone? Yeah, no, I have uh, all the home games. Uh, you know, the kids and their families come down, so I try oh, them okay. after, so uh, it's been going great. And, uh, Is it every home game? Uh, I'd homes? say most, yeah. Oh wow! Okay, uh, I actually didn't realize. That. I thought it was. I know it was like just one one night. Oh, so, no, okay. so it's uh, it's pretty often. So yeah, it's been uh, going really well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good luck for us this season. Thank you.